Welcome everybody to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I'm Adam Hergenrother, joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner, today. And today we are going to be jumping into um, a universal question. Uh, Hallie, why don't you go ahead and read this question that we had? Yeah, this came from one of our Project U sessions um, last year. Um, I th- thought it was such a great question. Traditionally, I think of leadership primarily as my workplace responsibility. I'm seeing that my greater lack of leadership is at home. My challenge is to practice raising my leadership lid with my wife and children as much as I do with my employees. How is everyone doing this? So when you hear that or read that, what do you think? Well, well, I, th- I think a lot of things. Um, we always talk about leadership at work. Mm-hmm. We happen to talk about leadership at home a little bit more often too, but I think in the general world, when we talk about people are talking about leadership and all the leadership books, it's all about showing up at work, leading team of employees. However, the challenge with that is if you're not doing those things at home, if you're not showing up as a leader first at home in your personal relationships, or even like we talk about leading yourself first, um, how are you ever going to really lead others at work? Yeah. And I think the, the underlying question there is, it's almost like a fear, right? It's like, if I grow beyond where I am now, what's going to happen to my family, right? How do I work on growing my family? It's almost like they want to change their family as they grow. But as we've talked about before, personal growth is what, right? It's personal. Yeah. And, and so as personal growth, in any, anybody that wants to make a change in their life, as they start to change themselves, they will change the people around them, or you will naturally drift apart from that. And there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm not saying people need to just naturally start looking to drift apart, but you should never be tied down to shackles to, to living somebody else's life, right? There is, you know, one of my mentors always said, he goes, nobody, don't let anybody ever dumb up your life. And if you are on a vertical path for growth, right? Personal growth, business growth, any growth you're just working on yourself, right? Then you're naturally going to continue to elevate. I mean, how many people are still hanging out with their high school friends, right? I mean, how many people are hanging out with their kids, their friends that you hung out in middle school, right? I thought about that the other day. I'm like, I don't think I've talked to anybody in middle school for a long period of time, um, except for maybe a handful of people that I've kind of connected with only because they've been on the same type of growth trajectory as me and are now working in some sort of organization that we own. So- you know, I'm going to challenge you on some of this stuff. Yeah, of course. So I, I think it's a little bit easier to say when you're talking about your friends than when, because I agree with you, you either, with the people in your life, you, you either are going to grow together or you're going to grow apart, right? Mm-hmm. So super easy to say when you're talking about friends, not so easy to say when you're talking about your partner or your children. It's not, well, your children are different. Let's talk about your partner. It's okay. not so easy. It's not um, any different to say it. <laughs> It's just different to do it. Oh, right. Okay. That's all you're saying is saying it's easier to do with my friends because I haven't engaged in a contractual relationship with somebody that makes it harder to break this. And you would say the same, the, the, the love for your partner is the same as the love for your friend? I know that you might say that. <laughs> I would not say that. Well, I don't, I think that people that are closest to you that you can definitely, um, depending on what stage you're, I mean, you're obviously going to love the people, your kids unconditionally, you're going to love your, your partner, hopefully unconditionally. But here's the thing. If your kids want to go at some point, do you let them? Well, yes. Right? Yeah. That's the whole point. So I, I get stuck with when people have this conversation about not, why wouldn't you let your partner go? 
right? I mean, if, if you, if you're in, whether you're holding somebody back or they're not right. I mean, these are, nobody wants to have this conversation, right? Yeah. But it's like, how, why wouldn't you allow yourself to open up? And if you really unconditionally love your partner, like you saying you, you do, then you wouldn't have a condition on them needing to be there, needing to show up. It's almost like crazy to try to enter into a relationship. You need to operate the way you need to operate in a personal relationship, right? In business, it's different. You can set some boundaries there. But in a personal relationship, if it, if you're you're coming into a relationship, right? This is people struggle with relationships. You come into a relationship and you should be working on yourselves in that relationship. And so there's, there's life, there's businesses as conduit for personal growth, which you enter into the business world. You allow all these events to happen in the business world. Some feel different than others. Making money feels different than losing money, right? You know, having employees come in versus go out feels different. They're all events shaping and growing you, investing into you. You're working on yourself through business. It's the same thing in a relationship. You're coming into a relationship to work on yourselves, right? Yes, there is the roles that we play in a relationship, particularly when kids are there. But I'm talking about the relationship piece that you're growing there. And so as you grow, if you naturally find yourself in a situation where you know, it's that one person's growing a different way. If you unconditionally love them, then you let them go. You help them pack. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand how much more difficult that is for people to understand. Now, I'm not saying you don't work on your relationship. I'm not right. just saying you. That's like, what I was going to start yes, saying. It's, like, remember, okay. this is never a lackadaisical situation. If a tiger's chasing you, you don't just lie down. I love using that as an example, right? Or if if you're if you're about to lose your house, it doesn't mean you don't fight to keep your house. If you're you know about to if your if your partner comes in and says, Hallie we need to talk. And it's one of those conversations. If you go to your mind and your mind starts telling you why you need all of these things and you're making it all about you and you're coming to that conversation, your partner's asked you for help, right? Or to have this conversation. Now you've made it about you. And that's what people have this trouble with relationships is because the minute somebody says, and they go, Hey, we need to talk tonight when you come home from work, right? One of those conversations, you're literally the whole day now going, well, I don't know what they want to talk about. They can leave if they want to. I've been doing all, you just made it about yourself instead of somebody coming to you and saying, Hey, we need to talk. You don't know what they're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then when you engage in the conversation, you're coming from a, a, a unconditional place of I'm okay with whatever happens. It doesn't mean that you just let it happen. It doesn't mean you don't work with them. It doesn't mean you don't start reading together or you, you create a vision plan, which we'll talk about today, but like, it doesn't mean you don't have these tactics and techniques to design, to cultivate a life together. I'm not saying that. It's just when people are entering into relationships, most people are in a relationship because they need the other person financially. They need them to shuffle kids around. They need them because they can't be alone, right? Mm -hmm. There's personal friends of mine that I've had long conversations um, just about uh, them never being able to be not in a relationship, but yet every relationship they get into, they sabotage and then they have to get into another one just because they can't be alone with themselves. That's your problem. If there's anybody doing anything externally that bothers you, that's got nothing to do with them. Just hear that. If there's anything that's happening outside and it's bothering you inside, that's on you. I'm not saying you don't, that doesn't bother you. I understand that you, you get hit in the psyche and you have, that's your work to do, right? So when you're in these relationships and you're growing personally, by the way, if you want to have an unconditional relationship, isn't that how you have to operate? Otherwise you say, I'm going to love you as long as you don't leave me, <laughs> or I'm going to love you as long as you act the way you need to do, or if you wear that, or if you make this, or you show up and do those things, you've now conditioned your, your love or your joy. And really all that's doing is just hurting you. 
because you're no, you're no longer approaching the situation with neutrality. You're actually approaching the situation with, I need something from them. Now, I understand there is the box, the practicality of, yes, I need you to pick up the kids from school. I'm going to do this. I'm not talking about that. I just want to put that caveat out there. There's that responsibility too. But expectations about how somebody behaves and how they show up for you and how they should care for you and how they should be and what they should wear and how they should act around people in public, right? All of those things. That's just because you're not comfortable with how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. it has nothing to do or like I even see this with with parenting um, with with their kids, right? Like they, you know, they're like, you can't dye your hair. No, you can't dye your hair, right? And it's and it's because it, I'll be embarrassed, <laughs> right? I love I I let my kids dye their hair. They put it in my kids still has a mohawk like from like there and like they have. I just let them kind of, kind of express themselves mm-hmm. or what they want to do. And actually, it was I forget where I was a, like a month ago, and I two of my daughters had dyed hair and one of them had a full dress on and they're like riding a horse, right? Like, or something along those lines. And the lady's like, I just want to tell you, she came up to me. She's like, I just want to tell you the fact that you allowed loud, right? You allowed your kids to just dye their hair and wear a dress and do this. It was just so freeing to me. And it was just, I was like, I didn't really thought about it. Cause I just naturally engaged like, Hey, you want to dye your hair? Great. Dye your hair. Like it's not going to bother me how you look, <laughs> right? I'm not yeah. trying to shape you. Now, if there's something that's obviously that's going to hurt them or endanger them or that there's a maturity thing there. That's a different conversation. I'm not right, saying right. you don't parent, but it doesn't matter. And we were, we're, the conversation, the question was about your, your relationships with your family. People approach relationships just with the wrong direction. They, they come into it of trying to, again, you're, you're, you're trying to manipulate people and places and things. And let's just talk about the people to match how you need them to be for you to get turned on. And that's the, the genesis of all relationships is you go, I need a partner that looks like this, <laughs> that has this, that does that and has this. And once they do that, then poof, there it is. And that's just your mind telling you how it is that somebody needs to act and behave. And guess what? Everybody that has done that, they've fallen madly in love for like six weeks. <laughs> you tell me one person that has approached relationships that way, that three years after has that unconditional pouring love outside of them. Like they did in the first two weeks. Right. And it's just very rare. I'm not saying they don't have a love and they're going to say, no, I love my partner. I know you do. I understand you're saying that I'm talking about just this. It's pouring out of you to be in the presence of this person. Right. And the only way you can operate from that place is if you unconditionally allow people to live their lives, to, to you love everything about them. You're not going in there and then picking what you love about them. Mm. So, and, and we talked about this a lot in Project U, but letting go of the outcome, or sorry, um, not having any expectations, not having any preferences for how your partner or your, even your kids, like you just mentioned, show up and then letting go of the outcome if they don't, if they, yeah. if they leave or if they stay or what, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and that's real. and there's, there's techniques we can do about the end. I'm just going, if you don't, we can talk and give you all the techniques you want in business and personal life and growth. But if you don't understand it first, then it doesn't, the techniques aren't going to help you at all. Right. So, um, you're right. When you, when it comes to that, you, when you first, you let go of the expectation. Now, if you're in a relationship that is, you know, if somebody's sitting there going, well, they're treating me poorly. Well, if somebody's treating you like poorly from harassment or different things like that, then that's a, you should just leave. That's a different conversation, right? I'm talking about the, the everyday normal relationship where people are behaving. You're just, you, you could, marriages are just so weird, aren't they? Mm. At some point, mm-hmm. I, I, I still firmly believe that sometime in our lifetime, marriages are just going to dissolve. They're not going to be the same way. 
that they used to be. It, well, I think they've already changed they, from a lot, right? Hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And, and frankly, I even look at that like I don't even know why I'm married. Like I like this, the same thing. Like seriously, like I I don't I don't feel if Sarah wanted to leave, she can leave, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I've I been I very never, clear with that, right? I also Just, told Bill I never actually wanted. I didn't need marriage yes, either. Yes. But the society throws that in there and says, you need to get married. Right. And then your mind goes- That's how you show your love. Yes, that's how you show your love. Well, if you're not married, then no, then when are you ever going to get married? And people try to take you. Part of it, I think, is people just want everyone else to get married. So like, they feel like, okay, they're in it too now, right? Like it's one of those things. But you know, it is. I mean, people listen, a lot of people on this have been married and have been married and and, and doesn't change anything. Your wedding day just costs you a lot of money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is why we spent five grand on our wedding, right? It's the same. It's the same thing. like just, it's, it's just a, it's marriages from that context are a license for needs. <laughs> it's just what they are. And that's why people have such problems with them. That's why the divorce rate is f- more than 50% now. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Okay. So now I'm going to maybe take us a slightly different path, but so there yes, are a, deep a lot of us who are in marriages and or partnerships or, and who want to have a, let's maybe take marriage out of the equation, but want to go through life with a partner. Right. I mean, it, yeah. Well, why? Well, well, well I know, I know, but let's just assume yes, okay, that there are, you've got your partner, you're on your growth journey. You don't want to, I mean, this again came up a project you, like we have a lot of people in who are in great relationships and yes. they want to stay in a great relationship that, yeah. for whatever reason. Awesome. Um, should. But yet they're about to embark on a massive growth journey and there's a little bit of, there's fear there and how do you stay in a, stay in a relationship if that's actually what you want? Yeah. So really the question is if, if I go through a massive journey and I change and my partner doesn't change, I'm now going to be faced with a decision that I may have to leave. Right. That's the fear. Yeah. Right? That's ultimately what it comes down to. Right. Yes. We just talk about it at a mature level. And so well, you, how can you encourage their growth? Exactly. We're going to get there. I'm just saying that's the fear that sure, goes yes. in there. It's not like, Hey, if they don't change with it, let's just say it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's people's fear in general. And by that's also just being authentic. I, I think starting of that in a great relationship, you'd say, I'm about to start in this journey and I'm a little afraid that I'm going to change and I'm not, I'm not going to love you the same way because you're not going to change. How healthy a relationship is that? Right. That's ultimately yeah. the place like that's, <laughs> that's allowing your authentic self to shine through. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about the ego, it's like putting the ego out there for everyone to see. Why wouldn't you just share that? You're not coming from a place of I'm want a divorce. You're coming from a place of like, Hey, there's going to be some massive change here. And, and I do have this little friend. Let me just talk to you about it. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then that's a healthy relationship because then now you're both. Okay. This may, thank you. Now you've, you've, because the other person understands you're going through this change too. And so then, and if you both pretend like it's not going to happen, you're just now polarizing yourselves even more. Instead, come together and say, hey, you know what? I'm a little afraid on this. Thank you for supporting me on this journey. I'm going to bring everything I have back to you. And I, I want to support you on some sort of journey that you want to go on to. Is that uh, a physical journey? Like, how can we do this? How can I support you for what it is that you really want to go? And then let's share our experiences for this together. That's how you come in and work on a relationship. Now, people don't have that starting conversation. So then they pretend that like everything is going to be okay, but yet they're changing massively. And then what people really start to get even more fear is once they be, they've gone beyond their current concepts of the world and they've, they've like kind of leapfrogged or vertically broken through their ceiling of their personal viewpoints of life. Mm-hmm. Once that's happened, they then realize they can never go back to that lower level. 
And so that's what causes even more fear because now they're way over here and they're going, I can't go back to that relationship that I have. And or I, they do try and it's like, come to this con- you know, conference with me, make, you need to read this book. And then they're constantly disappointed that this other person is not doing yes. the activities. Well, that- you can definitely, yeah, you can definitely try to pull them into the things you're doing. But ultimately when somebody sees that and they see that their partner isn't changing, yeah. that's when they go, oh man, like I, cause it's almost like they can't go back sure, yeah. to living that mundane. And I don't mean mundane and negative. I'm just mean like the, the way that that person views life. Let's just put right, it that more way. Of like a fixed Cause everyone mind- plays at a different a maturity f- level. Fixed mindset. Yes, type, exactly. Yeah. Rather than the and, or frankly, they may even have a growth mindset, but it's just a 0.1 compared to your 99. Sure. Right. Like, so everyone's some level of small growth to a certain extent. Everyone's just operating at different maturity level. I don't mean maturity in terms of like, you say the right thing. I mean, maturity in your consciousness. Conscious maturity. Yes. It's just consciousness. And so when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're playing at those levels, when you expand or you, when you grow personally or work on yourself, all that at the end means is that you've, you've now almost eliminated your old way of thinking And so now you've made room for a new way of thinking and you can never go back to that old way of thinking. It doesn't mean you can't see it (laughs) and experience where you've been from. It's like when you get deep on your spiritual journey, when, when you get into it, it's like you can, it's like, I'll give you another example. This may be off topic, but it just, it's, I'm looking at a tree right now. So like when you, <laughs> he's laughing. when you, when you, when you're on a spiritual journey and all of a sudden you start seeing the world as unity and separate, you, you no longer see the bark in the tree. You see the actual life form in the tree itself. And like, you, so it doesn't mean you can't see the bark on the tree. You've now, you, but you see beyond the bark of the tree. You now see an interconnectedness to this, or maybe you've looked at your kids or your partner and you didn't see them as a human being. You saw them for who they really are. It's like, you almost like you had like 3d vision on and you could see the person's soul behind them. When you look at them, it doesn't mean you can't see the body, Mm -hmm. right? You're seeing beyond that normal part. And that's part of raising your consciousness is you start to see how everything's connected, how there's a life that's connected together in one unified consciousness. And you're just seeing the individual manifestation of the outer shell that kind of dissolves and you just pierce right through that to see the heart of it. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's like, I but, think you were saying about, you know, if you raise your level of yes. consciousness, so that's, much, and that's what happens. You can still see your partner who might not yes. be at that same level of consciousness that you, as you, but yes. you have, are different thinking differently. And yes. then it might be hard to go back to that other way. Well, yes. you, you can't go back to that other way of thinking. But then my question on that is, do you, do you just say, okay, then I can't be with this person anymore. Or do you say, okay, I've accepted that person for who they are. And I'm okay with the fact that they are, you know, wherever they are and I'm going to keep on going on my journey and we're going to continue. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, how do you know, do you accept it? And that's part of just being an accepting human being, or do you say it's not like, how do you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, it's, it brings me to, we used to talk about this when, um, when I was, heavily in Ironmans because in one of the, in an Ironman event, which is kind of a little bit more practicality in this, um, bringing it back to it. And one of the couple of the books I was reading, they talked about the divorce rates really high in Ironmans. And I was like, well, that makes sense. There's, there's this time allotment, right? That's what I was thinking initially. Cause there's a lot of time when you train for an Ironman right. and it's like, maybe that caused it, but really that had nothing to do with it. What it was, was when somebody embarks on an Ironman journey, which is why I love getting people into some physical activity that 
pushes beyond their capacity because they grow from it. Um, the, in an Ironman, it's a two-year, one-year, three-year for some people, this goal. And they're growing so much during this Ironman training that they become a, just a different human being. They eat differently. They're exercising. Their mind's sharper. They see growth. They want more growth. And then all of a sudden, their partner supporting, supporting, supporting. And then all of a sudden, they get done the event and they go, great, Hallie. Now come back to being who you were. <laughs> Right. And they go, I can't. Yeah. And they go, well, what do you mean you can't? So the question becomes whether you asked about whether or not you go back to them is, is this person trying to pull you back down to where they are or are they allowing you to be who you need to be and experience yourself? And that's the question that will come into it is, are they allowing you to be you or are they trying to get you to need somebody and then doing it through manipulation? Well, I was going to say, and conversely, are you allowing them to be who they are. And that is, yes. they don't want to go on a growth journey. Yeah. And then in, in either, that's the, that's the greatest part. If you're both coming in from there, you may stay together. You may not, but yeah. at that point there's no, you're not fighting it. Right. There's none of the preferences, the expectations, exactly. the, yes. the wants, the needs, the, yes. are you meeting this contract that I have in my head that yes. you didn't sign, but that I yes. think, I think you signed and you need yes. to, you know, uphold. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's because it, everyone has a different, like, you know, has, has different experiences. They have a different kind of psyche. The psyche is real, right? Like this is some of all experiences. The difference is you're the one watching all that. Right. So when you, when people go through this and if maybe people even listening are going like, well, that's just, I, I can't, I can't, you know, fathom that. Or like, I need to go work on my relationship. I'm not saying that go work on your relationship. If you feel this, this call to go really in, in depth with all of that, go work on it. But what I want you to do while you're working on it is let go because the only way you can actually work on the relationship of how, in, how intently you are about working on it is by letting go, then doing the work. You know, we had a very sensitive situation with somebody in Project U and with their family and they, they said, I can't just sit around. I said, no, you can't. I said, you have to fight, 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 fight. And I said, my actual wording to them was you have to fight, let go, fight, fight, let go, let go, fight, let go, fight, let go, which essentially just saying, take all the action you can to make this change, to help the situation but let go while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's just like if somebody's coming and all of a sudden you, you start, your house is being foreclosed on, let go of the mind going crazy and then try to save your house. Cause then when you're doing that, you're not going to be depressed and beat up and yelling at everybody. You're just, it's just a wave of creation unfolding in front of you, right? It's just for billions of years, it's rained when it's needed to rain for the most time, right? Just the things unfolded the way they are. And you're just getting this slice to experience what's unfolding in front of you. Of course, it's not always what you want. When I understand when you get what you want, you feel great. What does everyone stop and think about that for a second? Of course you do, right? People are like, well, I want what I want. Well, yeah, because when you get what you want, you feel great. Of course you do, right? And it didn't take you very long to learn that, right? If you only have three small kids, like one, they start realizing they get what they want and they get happy, right? It's, it's silly to the, like, well, of course you, of course you're going to be happy when you get what you want, right? Or the person acts the way you want them to. Yeah. Or conversely, if you, if you get something you don't want, you're going to, you instantly don't like it. Right. It's, it's, so what is that? Right. It's not. And the funny thing is, is like snakes are a great example of any of this is like, cause somebody, a snake, you see a snake, you're like, Oh my God, a snake. And then somebody else is like, Oh my God, a snake, let me grab it. The snake doesn't turn anybody on or off. It's not the snake. Right. That's why I'm just using this as an example for in relationships. The snake has nothing to do with whether or not 
um, how you feel inside, right? That's, that's, that has nothing to do with the snake. Cause how can it turn one person on, turn somebody else off, right? It just has nothing to do with that. That's the same thing. Being in a relationship has nothing to do with how you feel. You're trying to make somebody be a certain way to make you feel differently. Again, you're a person that's in, that's going to the world to try to change the world, to be the way you want it to be, to make yourself happy instead of just being happy with everything and allowing the world to unfold. Poor world. It's like, it can't <laughs> think about just your own town or your own state, right? Think about how many, there's 650,000 people in the state of Vermont, right? How many people want today to be different? Somebody wants it to be sunny. Somebody wants it to be raining. Somebody doesn't want it to be windy. Somebody needs the wind for solar power, right? Somebody needs, so it's like, we're talking about us one little state, right? How many different opinions of the mind saying it needs to be a certain way for me to be okay? Of course, it's not going to be meeting everyone's expectations. Mm -hmm. Yet we walk around the world thinking that. <laughs> and that's the cause of all problems in relationships and with our mind is because we think we listen to our mind, right? We listen to our mind. We get so caught up in the mind that we are so in, in our mind is saying, I'm going to restrict how you feel. It's that we talked about energy before. It's that juice that you have, right? If, if you were depressed and somebody came to you and says, you're depressed because you were, you lost the relationship, right? Or they left you and you're feeling all depressed. And all of a sudden they come back and say, I love you in a moment, in a moment, you feel all the juice in the world. Don't you in a moment had nothing. It's not like that person translated this physics thing and injected something in you to make you feel that, right? Mm -hmm. You know what it, the problem is? And this is, this is, understand this, just listen. It, the problem is, is your, the relationship with the outside has nothing to do with you. The outside has a relationship with your mind. And then you're listening to the mind. That's as simple as you can say it. The outside has a relationship with your mind. And then your mind is having a relationship with the outside and you're listening to the mind. <laughs> So for instance, right, if you have a, if, if you need a person and your mind goes, the person needs to act this way. And when they act this way, the mind goes, thank you. And then makes you feel good. It's controlling everything in your life, right? So how do you have a, a, a relationship that's not, how do you have a relationship? Not you, Adam, but you, the you. Well, you can talk about me too. I mean, well, the I'm same. just saying, yeah, not the mind. Like how does, how does the you of a human have a relationship then? You have no preferences. Okay. I know you don't want to hear that because your mind's going to go ballistic and you're going to <laughs> find out. Because I want what I want. Yes. I like what I like. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's exactly it. Like you have, you just don't have preferences, right? You don't need anything, but you enjoy everything. And when you understand those four words, you're there, <laughs> right? When you truly don't need to go to your mind to tell you what that means and you just get it, you get it. And when you get that, you just get it. And then, so you come to understand though, and this is to kind of answer your question, you come to understand that um, if going back to the example of the minds having the relationship with objects, right? That's the only way the object is having the relationship with the mind. The mind's having the object of the relationship and that's controlling how you feel, right? If you're, cause you're all tied to the mind. So therefore the mind is the one actually living your life. That's why people say waking up from the mind. I'm just saying it differently, right? It's because when you wake up, because the mind is really the one having the relationship with the world instead of you. And so the interesting thing is if you actually ever got to a point where maybe you're walking along the beach and you didn't listen to the mind, you would come back and tell everybody about, oh my God, it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. It was just the sunset blew me away. Yeah, because you just weren't listening to the mind. That's how life can be every moment. Instead of, and that's when people say wake up or, you know, not listening, not, you know, waking up just means you're not so involved with the mind that the mind is not controlling how you feel. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now, um, 
I forgot exactly where I was going. I, I had a well, really key point I was going to say too. About the you and the relationship. That's what I wanted to know about. About the, uh, but, oh, so I mean, it really, the you and the relationship though, is just you being there, being okay with everything. Right. Okay. Oh, so the starting position though. So if you're, if you realize, and as silly as this is going to sound, it works. If you, if your mind is telling you what you like and dislike, then, and you're allowing that to happen. Why don't you just step back from it all and say, I'm okay with everything. And almost as silly as that sounds, that's how you win. Because then the mind can no longer throw an I like or I dislike in front of it. Because you just like everything. That's why when you hear me, people I say my starting position is I am fine because I'm fine with anything. And if you're fine with anything, then anything can happen and you're fine. Therefore, your mind doesn't need to then narrate what's going on for you because you're just okay. And when you no longer need the mind to narrate, guess what happens? It settles down and then an ignored guest quickly leaves and the mind will stop bothering you. It'll just be like a brook in the background or like a rustling in the leaves or an air conditioner that's on. It just is in the background there. It's not in the forefront of it. And so that's the place that you can operate from. And that's, and if you, you, as you approach you, you just, I'm okay. So every, so that's this, that's where you want to work to everything. All the techniques that you do are at the end of the day to get you to just not listen to your mind. Now, along the way, you will find some, some, I'll give you some hints along this, right? So for one, anytime the mind that you're just, I'm just going to wrap this up with a technique for people. If you are driving down the road, which is just minding your own business and you're relatively okay, right? You're relatively okay. By the way, you ever notice that the minute you don't like something, how explosive do the thoughts get in your mind, by the way? You ever notice that? Like the minute you like all of a sudden something happens that you don't like, it's like, right? Like all of a sudden instantly your mind goes ballistic, doesn't it? It starts one thought after another thought after another thought. It's just an explosion of thoughts trying to narrate and trying to calm because you can't handle the disturbance and it just explodes, right? Mm -hmm. So then then you're just so far caught up in the mind now that you can't even deal with anything. You're just living mind, right? That's what just the explosion of it. So again, you're relatively okay. I say that because you're still probably in the mind, right? It just, something happens and you just blow up and you're really lost, but um, you're relatively okay. So then you're driving down all of a sudden you you look around and you see, wow, I love that car. I would love to have that car. And the minute you say that, you you go to your mind, use your will, right? Use your will and and your ability to use your mind and say, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And I've been doing this for a while. Like I just don't need that. I'd love to have it. I don't don't need it. I don't need it. And I gave this example earlier. What this is ultimately doing is you're, you're preventing the thought from taking form inside you. You're preventing the secondary explosion from the thought. You're never going to fight with your mind. It'd be like fighting with your right hand with your left hand, right? It's not going to get you anywhere. So when you have a secondary explosion of your thoughts or your mind, you're, you're just fighting with your mind, right? You take somebody, if somebody's fighting with their left hand or their right hand, to go get them checked out, right? So stop fighting. You can't fight it. So the, when the thought comes in there, when I say let go of the rope or let go of that, just don't fight it. So then you just use your mind and say, I don't need that. And what you're doing is it's like when you're caught, if you're looking at a TV and your partner comes to you and says, Hallie, Hallie, and you're just sucked into the TV and all of a sudden they say, Hallie, and you, and all of a sudden you wake up, you wake up and hear their voice and you pull your consciousness off the TV and you direct it to your partner. That's the exact same way of how you do all of this. That is your spiritual work. It's when your consciousness is directed to your mind, you literally pull it off of the thought and redirect it. That's why mantra works. That's the technique for mantra. One word, God, God, whatever it is, the word. The TV in this analogy is the mind. 
Yes, exactly. The TV is like you've put your, your consciousness on the TV and then you can pull yourself off of it just like you pull yourself off to talk to your partner. And it's, this, it's the same thing here. So that's why the technique is when you're, when the minute you start to lose control or something, the mind goes, oh, you need to go do that. And you say, no, I don't. Or, or, or I like to do it too. It's like, oh man, like, you know, you, what, if, what happens if, if, if you die? You go, oh, it'll be fun. I'm just literally, I'm just telling you like how I do it in my mind. Like I don't fight it. I don't, of course you don't then start thinking about what, how you would die. Right. Like that's not the point. It's just, you're just using a little technique to pull yourself off of that thought and it'll take time. It'll take a lot of work and it's really hard work to do this. But every time something shows up, like I don't need it. I'm fine. I'm fine. All I just say is typically is I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what I'm going to ask though? Then how do you, which I, I get that. That's, I think that's a great technique. And then, but then how do you know? which, which of those things you are supposed to say yes to and that you are supposed to act on things that don't come from your mind. I know. And then I'm just like, well, no, seriously, how do you know the difference? Well, cause let me just ask you a question. Your yeah. mind doesn't know your mind is just a computer. So it's only knows the information that's put into it by you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the only thing it knows. So it's, it knows nothing about the world. But if you're putting information into it, then isn't that you doing it? So why wouldn't you listen to you? You using the mind as a tool is different. Would you go to your hammer because you're used your hammer for hammering a lot of things? Would you go or you've driven? <laughs> yes, I do all yes. the time. <laughs> or you've, okay, let me go. You've driven your car many places. Yes. It's seen a lot of things. Yes. Would you go to your car and ask your car where I should go next? No. Same thing with your mind. You're literally, your mind is your car in this analogy, if you didn't pick that up, right? <laughs> and telling you where to go based on where your car has gone in the past. And that's how everyone lives their life. (laughs) It's telling you what's going to make you happy. It's telling you what's not going to make you happy. And you're listening to it. And then when you get one of those things that says, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll weed the clouds out a little bit so the sun can come through and make you feel juice. And that's why people get addicted to it because they're rewarded for listening to the mind. And as you're rewarded for listening to the mind, you then feel like, oh, I must listen to the mind. Look how good of a friend it is. No, it doesn't, doesn't know anything. I, I, I'm so with you on the don't listen to your mind part, but and I, and I see that come up in, in my life a lot, right? Like, and I can tell which one that, what I'm having a really hard time on is then what's the, I don't understand what the alternative is. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> Seriously. I like, I know. I, I know you don't like to stop thinking about it. I feel it. like there's so many examples of that's your mind. That's your mind. That's your mind. But where are the examples? Cause your of mind the you? is still for you. Your mind, cause you're such a smart, intelligent, intellectual individual that you want a plan with a formulated, I need to follow I it. I just want a good example. Yes. It, well, the thing is, there's only so far I can take you. <laughs> Until like, seriously, there's only so far you can bring to the edge until you have to experience it yourself. Right. It's like, you can, how far can you, you can only talk about water so much until somebody dies because they didn't drink any. And so it's, it's, you can only bring it so far. Once you start to get that experience, so you'll experience, I get it. Cause that's how everyone goes through. And frankly, I, I still in the same way, like my mind gets in the way and says, well, how do you know? And I go, when I, my mind is telling me, how do I know? That's when I know I'm not listening to my mind. Right? If your mind is telling you you need to go somewhere to do something, to feel something, that's when you know you're wrong. Remember, the only reason why your mind is telling you to go something, and here's the th- interesting thing, the more your mind learns what turns you on and turns you off, the more screwed you are. Because then it knows. It's like it knows what to do and what to say and how to control you. Remember, it's all it's about control. And so you're just listening to it. So then it goes, oh, I know what to do. I know what to do with Hallie. I'm going to tell her to go do this. And you're going, yeah, you're right. I know. And I'm still with you on all those, all those examples. I just don't know what, the, again, what is the alternative? Well, you use your mind. 
you use your mind. Remember, the mind is is amazing tool. It's one of the most powerful tools, if not the most powerful tool in here. Besides you, you're more powerful than the mind. That's why it gets it gets. That's why it wants your energy because that's how the mind and thoughts survive because it you, needs your interest. Can your, you give me an example of the you? of you experiencing the world or you or the you making a decision or well, taking action based off of the you talking rather than the mind. Can you give me an example of that? You just, you just, I'm just not listening to the mind. I'm using the mind as a tool, just like I would use my car. If you said, Hey, I need you to drive to the airport. I wouldn't run to the airport, right? I would go use my car as a tool to get me to the airport. So if I'm sitting here in business and a problem shows up, I then go to my mind, me, not my mind going to me. That's the difference. There's a different symbiotic relationship. In your situations, the mind is, the, is developing the thought and then telling you to pay attention to it. But I'm saying, but I don't versus, know. Hold on, listen. But versus you coming up with the thought and then going after with that. It's using, you're using your mind to help solve the problem that's there. So if, you, if somebody said, um, create a math problem for me right? Just tell me a math problem. I would go ask somebody else because math is not my... Well, just a simple math problem. <laughs> one plus one. Okay, great. Did your mind tell you to do that or did you use your mind in that? I used my mind. Exactly. And that's how you use your mind. So that's the point of using your mind. Your mind didn't tell you what to do. You then, you used your mind as the analytical, the wonderful outlook tool that's in there, the supercomputer. That's the whole point of it, to create, build businesses and and build houses and all of those things. I mean, I feel like there's... Yes, such a they, fine line between the two of them, which uh, is maybe where exactly. I'm, I'm yes. struggling because how do I know it's how do I know it's m- me telling my mind to think or my mind telling or thinking just thinking on its own? Yeah. Well, the sheer question that you're asking that means that you're very close. I mean, it's, I don't mean that like in a, like a way like just you're close, close. It just means that like that's you you have this thirst for curiosity here, and it'll become clearer and clearer and louder and louder as you work on this more. But that's it. There's a very fine line, and that's why people get caught because it's a shapeshifter. It'll shape. It doesn't care if you want to renounce the world or if you want to go build a world. It just wants to be in control. And so then it's just, it's telling you what to do versus you telling the mind what to do. It would literally be like your, your car driving into your bedroom and saying, Hallie, get in, we're driving. You just, or like you're driving 70 miles an hour down the interstate and you get in the back seat and say, okay, go ahead and go. Right? No, you would always be in control. You have your hands in the steering wheel and you're stepping on the gas and the brake. You're in control of the car. Same thing here. You need to be in control of the mind. Just people are so not in control of their mind and they're so involved in the mind that they can't see how that's separate from it. And then when you start to get a little bit of separation, then all of a sudden just, it'll take one moment, one moment of separation and you may go right back into it and then you'll get it. And you'll, once you get it, you'll be working on that for the rest of your life. I promise people will. Once they get it, that one moment you go, oh, I see it. I get it. That visceral feeling with it. And you go, holy. And then the next stage in this, which I, I, I know you've seen some emails from people asking about this. The next stage is that is then you start to think like, oh my God, my mind is crazy. I'm just watching it. Yeah. It's <laughs> always been crazy. You're just now paying attention to it yeah. from a different place. And that's why I was explaining to that, that lady who emailed in. I, I was saying, yes, you're, you're, you, it's not that your mind is doing anything different. You're just now aware of it. You're now just aware of all the thoughts that it's been trying to generate and trying to control because you now have separation. And, that, and that's why it feels like your mind's going crazy and you're going crazy. It's, you're not. It's just you now become aware of it. 
Yeah. And then there's going to be this natural pull to want to get back on it because everyone tells you to get back on it and be just go listen to the mind. And your mind goes, come here. Right. And just let me hold you for a second. Instead of you just, it's like, it's like there's two hamsters running. Right. And all of a sudden you realize I'm going to stop. I'm going to get off. And the other hamster is running on this wheel going, Hallie, where are you going? You're going to miss it. You're not going to make it. And you're going, dude, I've seen through that. You're just spinning in a circle. <laughs> I'm going to get off this thing. And this other person's still, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. <laughs> just, you guys get that visual or no? It's yeah. just me. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, you're spinning and the other hamster is just running and running and running and yelling to the other hamster. Like, you're not going to get it. You're going to miss the boat. <laughs> you dude, you're just spinning. So once you step off, you see it, you see it so clear that you say, ah, people are just spinning. They're just out there. They're just spinning. They're still running on the same wheel. And then you just, then that's when the, that's when the, by the way, that's when the real work gets in and spiritual growth is extremely painful. That's what people want their, their, vision of what enlightenment or spiritual growth means, they don't realize how much actually, how painful it is to go through it. And that's why I think that's the, this next generation of people, people can understand they don't listen to their mind and get it, but then they, and, and they want like their, their kind of their placard of spirituality, but the real deep work is interacting with life while letting go of all that. It's not about living in a monastery. It's not about renouncing life. It's actually about engaging in life but then letting go of all of the personal fruit that you can get from life or the need or desire from life and then still engage in all of it. So how does somebody then take all of these things that they're working on in their own personal journey um, and either bring it into the workplace, but really more specifically to that first question, how do they then lead at home? How do they show up and lead at home? And how do they invite their family along on that growth journey with them? Yeah. And the reason why we went so far deep in this and just understand that, and if you're listening this far, thank you, uh, is because that is your journey to bring it back to home. I'll give you some techniques, but that is your journey. It has to be you first. It has to be you to understand this first. That's why we went so deep in that. Then what you do is you can come together. You can create a, a future self for your family. You can create, when's the last time you sat down and just asked your partner, what do they really want? Where do they really want to go? What direction is it? How do they, how can you help them work on them? How do you, how do you support them when it's inconvenient for you? That is, I've been working with some of my clients on that, um, that are really successful in business. And I said, actually one of the techniques we had them, had them do was you need to go support your husband when it's inconvenient for you. Cause I feel like the easier answer is just, okay, we look at the visions and our visions don't align. Okay. Then we're going to go our separate ways. Actual, that's like the, e honestly, yes. that's easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's easy. like emotional. Yeah. yeah. But whatever, but like, I feel like that's the easy answer. The harder answer is our visions don't align completely. Right. Like maybe yeah. value, you know, you have to have the same values, but maybe the visions don't completely align but then you actually have to support your partner and they have to support you when it's not. Yeah. And I had to experience that for myself. I mean, I, I've shared a lot with this dude. at some point. We'll share all that stuff. But like I had to really, I had to really experience because I was one of those individuals. I was going down in a lot of different directions and I just always valued my time more than other people's. And I always did things and I convinced myself that it was the right things. But I realized when I was honest with myself, I did them when it was convenient for me, but it wasn't convenient for me. then I just didn't do them. Mm. And that's just showing you that like, you're better than somebody else. And it took a, it was a hard kind of role for me. And I had to do some, again, a lot of letting go for a lot of that whole thing. To I'm, be able, I'm kind of laughing because I'm doing that right now. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to, and, you have, you have yeah. to, yeah. Well, that's the hard part of our relationships is, yeah. is then, cause when people say, I want to work on my relationship. Okay. You got to go do, oh, well, I'm not going to do that though. Right. <laughs> it's like, so to go work with your relationship, 
relationship is you got to be willing to do things when it's inconvenient for you to show them that you care about what they're doing. Then you can create your family vision. If they want to go, you know, Hey, I want to go, uh, to a spin class twice a week and it interrupts your workout. Now all of a sudden you need to go, great, you go do that for two to twice a week. I'm going to take twice a week and then I'll figure out the other times. Now you're supporting in the relationship. So these are the techniques that you can do to bring in alignment and vision. And now you're again, now you're coming into the relationship to actually work on yourselves. That's the whole point of the relationship. I mean, that's a healthy relationship. Well, and I mean, because everybody has so much work to do. That's the yeah. thing. You're not going to come to a relationship and say, I'm awesome, right? No, you should come to a relationship as like, Hallie, please help me. Right. Like right. just We're working I, on yes, self, selflessness. Exactly. Like, all of that. That's a huge thing. I think that yes. like personally I need to work on in a relationship and that's what a relationship is giving would, me is not yes. being a selfish individual. Yes. And then other people, and I would, I would put myself in that same category as just talk to you, but then there's a lot of people that need to be selfless. Self-ish. Self-ish. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Self-ish with their Less relationship selfless. instead of trying to give everything to them. Cause what will happen if you do all that resentment will build in. And as resentment builds in, you naturally yes. start going a different direction. And then as that different direction starts to go, one day they'll wake up and say, I don't know where our marriage is. I don't know what our relationship is, but we've been going so many different directions. And they're so far down a path because the resentment's kicked in every single moment because they're just making their life is about your life. Mm. And that's what you can't be in a relationship. And again, you got to come into it and say, I'm here to support you. You're here to support me. If we're together, amazing. If I'm at work, amazing. If I have to go away for two weeks, amazing. If I have the kids for a period of time, amazing. You just, you're not like, oh my God, I need this person. The people who need people are sorry people. I'm sorry. You just, you, you're just sorry because you just, you, you don't, tr you dis okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go down the whole path, but you get the point. So yes. again, create the vision, do things that are inconvenient. If you just take anything away from this is start doing something that's inconvenient for you, for your partner. And that in itself will just transcend the relationship because transcending the relationship is no longer making it about you. It's about working on yourselves in the relationship. You've reached the end of another episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If you like what you heard and feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's awesome hearing from listeners like you. And remember, never give up on joy. <laughs>